Well, it's great to be with you this evening, and uh, nice to be able to wear a microphone and not have to make up as well uh, <laughs> when I'm doing stuff for the BBC and uh, TV programs and things like that. Often you have to put makeup on too. Uh, so uh, anyway, you're very fortunate. Oh well, that's all right. That'll do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nothing like it. The trouble is, uh, there was one occasion where uh, I had to put makeup during the day, and I got home and I had a meeting in the evening, and I forgot to take the makeup off. <laughs> I wonder why I was getting funny looks from people. But there we are. No, it's great to be with you and just to be able to share from God's word. And uh, isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords? And that he is in control. And that we don't need to be fearful because we're on the victory side. And if we know Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you. Isn't that exciting? That gives us confidence and faith in him, doesn't it? and we can put all of our trust in him. And it's so important that our confidence and our faith and our trust is in him and not in ourselves. And I'm always reminded of the words that Paul spoke in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the beginning of that. You know, we tend to think of Paul must have been a very dynamic, self-confident sort of person who had this incredible ministry. But far from it. He was somebody who was weak. Uh, He was aware of his weakness. And in fact, he said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. In other words, when he was weak, he realized that he couldn't do it, and he drew on God's strength. And it was God's strength that pulled him through and enabled him to do the things that he did. So I always just like to share those first few verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 when I'm speaking. Uh, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. And we're here to share about God this evening, aren't we? We don't want to hear about me or any of us. We want to hear about God, our God, who's the almighty God, the one who changes history. Uh, But don't forget, our prayers change history. We prayed prayers tonight that will change history. The believers throughout the world who are praying into Ukraine at the moment, that will change history because our God is the almighty God and there's nothing impossible uh, with him and he's in control. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's fundamental too, isn't it? That our proclamation is about Jesus and what he's done for us because if it wasn't for him and what he's done for us, we wouldn't be here. It's all because of his grace and his mercy and his love that we are able to come together tonight and to know that we belong to him, that we are his children and that we will spend eternity with him. I came to you, this is what Paul said, in weakness and fear and with much trembling. That's not what you expect, is it, about Paul? But that's what he said and that's what he meant. It wasn't him, it wasn't his strength. He was dependent upon God's strength. My message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And we're here tonight to hear from God and to rely and depend upon him because it's in him that we are going to put our trust and faith. And uh, we've been having a series in the evenings about wisdom and I wanted to share something linked to wisdom really and uh, one of the books on wisdom and I'm sharing from uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 which I'm sure is familiar to all of you. A lot of us these days depend on GPS, don't we, uh, to find our way from A to B. I don't know if you do, but I do. And particularly when I'm working, you know, it would be an awful lot harder to find my destination if I didn't use it. 
So GPS is very useful, isn't it? You know, the voice that comes out of the car that tells you which way to go. I always have a female voice on my car. I'm a good, a good I'm a long way away from you ladies, really. Uh, the reason for that is if that she gets it wrong, then I can shout at her, you see. <laughs> Shocking, isn't it? But there we are. But it's good, you know, to receive instructions. And God wants us to receive instructions from him, doesn't he? Because he's a God who loves us, he has a plan for us, and he wants us to know what that plan is and to move and live within that plan. So, I'm just going to read out those few verses, a couple of verses from uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. We're looking to a God in whom we can put our trust. We can have faith in him. He has proved himself to us, hasn't he, to be God. He has shown us his plans and his purposes. And obviously we don't have GPS to tell us which way to go in our lives, do we? But we do have the Word of God and we do have the Holy Spirit of God too, don't we? And a combination of the two enables us to hear what God wants to say to us as individuals and corporately as well and to move in his presence and his power and to know his will and his purpose for us. So the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God combined are better than GPS because they actually help us to know what God's plan and his will and his purpose is for us. So, these couple of verses here give us some useful instruction and guidance as to what we need to do uh, to know what his plan and purpose is for us individually. First of all, it says about trust, doesn't it? Trust in the Lord... With how much of your heart? All of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. I, from my own experience, have experienced having to do that. Nearly three years ago, my first wife died very suddenly. My oldest stepson died quite suddenly. And my business went into administration all within a seven-week period. And when something like that happens, you have a choice, don't you? You either blame God and go off in the opposite direction, or you trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I decided that I needed to trust in the Lord with all my heart. And I'm glad I did. Because he has never let me down. And in fact, it's amazing the way that he has prepared and planned my life for me, and he's brought Angie into my life, and of course we got married just a month ago. God is so good, if we will put our trust and faith in him, he will direct us and he will show us the plans and purposes he has for us if we walk with him. So I have found from my own experience that trusting in God and trusting in the Lord with all your heart is a good thing to do. And I'm sure many of us here this evening would testify to that too, that it makes a tremendous difference to us when we put our trust and faith, our hope and our reliance upon him. We're called to walk by faith and not by sight, aren't we? And that's what we as believers should do. Because if we walk by faith, then God will bless us and he will guide us and direct us. We don't want to be leaning on our own understanding, our own knowledge and relying on that. But we want to be hearing from God and being led by his spirit and by his word too. 
We mustn't rely on our own wisdom. And we should be asking the Lord, you know, Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. Point me in the right direction. It's all about our relationship with God, isn't it? How closely do we walk with God? You know, how intimate is our relationship with him? The more intimate our relationship with him, the more we will know his guidance, his direction, the more we will actually know what his ways and purposes are for us. And it's exciting when we walk with God. You know, I can remember the days before as a Christian and how tough life was then. Life didn't become easy when I became a Christian. In fact, in many ways, it became more challenging, but it became more fulfilling. And knowing and experiencing the presence of God and seeing his hand guiding and directing. You know, right from the early days, I remember I was still at college down at Sirencester and really asking God, please send me somewhere where I can get Christian fellowship. I'm a young Christian, I need to know more about you. And I went for numerous interviews, all which seemed to go absolutely fine, and I wasn't offered any of the jobs. And then I was offered a job up in Cheshire, which in many ways seemed to be a peculiar place for me to go to. But God sent me there, and immediately I bumped into Christians who were able to help me and to guide me and to give me the fellowship I needed, and I received the teaching I needed, and also was encouraged to really be filled with the Holy Spirit and to move in the things of God. If I'd gone for the wrong job, that may not have happened. But God knows what he's doing, and he sees the full uh, jigsaw, doesn't he? And he puts it together, and we need to allow him to do that. You know, don't lean on your own understanding. Let God put the jigsaw together. Let him piece our lives together. And sometimes he'll surprise us with the things he asks us to do or the places he wants us to go to. But if we are led by the Spirit of God, you know, then we will really know what God's plan and purpose is for us and we will enter into his blessing. It's an exciting life being a Christian, isn't it? God wants us to get excited about being Christians and excited about Jesus, and excited about walking with him, because it is exciting. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not part of your heart, but give him your all, because that's when you'll know him better, and you'll experience more of his purposes and plans for you. So surrender yourself to him. Allow his Holy Spirit to guide you. Allow the Word of God to be the one who directs you. Acknowledge him. So important that we do that. Lay before him what we want, you know, of our lives. Give it to him. He knows better than we do. He knows what is best for us. We should be asking, Lord, well, Lord, what brings the most glory to you when we're seeking him over our lives? Not what brings the most glory to us, because we don't want glory for ourselves, do we? We need to humble ourselves uh, and to really seek that God would be glorified in everything that we say and do. We need to know him intimately. We need to be in that place where we can hear his voice speaking to us, and that comes from that intimacy with him, doesn't it? Psalm 46, verse 10 is a psalm that we heard a little bit, you know, this afternoon. Be still and know that I am God. It's in the stillness that we hear the voice of God speaking to us. It's in the stillness, because he speaks with a still, small voice, that we can hear what he wants for us 
And we need to be able to spend that time in stillness with him and to hear his voice speaking to us. My sheep, hear my voice. He wants to speak to us and he will speak to us, but we need to be in that place where we can hear his voice speaking to us. So in all our ways we need to acknowledge him, and if we do that, and if we put all of our trust in him, then he will direct our paths. And that's tremendous to know, isn't it? That God will direct our paths. But we need to do that first part of putting our trust and faith in him. We need to be people who walk by faith and not by sight. How do we get faith? Well, Romans 10 verse 17 is a great verse to consider when we're talking about faith, isn't it? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our faith grows as we meditate more and more upon God's word, as we find out more and more his wisdom uh, that guides us and directs us in our lives. We have the books of wisdom, but the whole of God's word is inspired Scripture, isn't it? All Scripture is inspired by God. It is profitable for teaching, for training, rebuking, etc. And, you know, if we're people of the Word, we will be people who hear God's voice, we'll be people who are led by His Spirit, and we will do effective things for Him. So we need to be people who are people of the Word, people of faith. Because the more time we spend meditating on the Word of God, the more we start to think God's way rather than our own way, don't we? And that's wisdom, isn't it? Thinking God's way, you know. We should know God's word in such a way that if anything happens in our life, we know God's way of dealing with that because every single situation we can find ourselves in our life can be found in the word of God. And so if we meditate on the word of God, then a situation arises, we instantly start thinking God's way and in line with his will. So important that we do that. And uh, verses that I love to read as well, that link in with that and having wisdom and having God's wisdom, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. What's that telling us? That we need to know God's ways, we need to know his thoughts, we need to know his plans and his purposes for us. And if we do that, then we will truly have wisdom, because God is wisdom, and we will know his will and his purpose for our lives. So we need to be people of faith who put our absolute and complete trust in him. Mark's Gospel says, have faith in God, in Mark chapter 11. Important verses there to, for us to understand, because we need to be people of faith. We're going through challenging and difficult times at the moment, and times aren't going to get easier for us. We know that, uh, you know, it's only a matter of time before Jesus comes back, and in the last days, times are going to be tough. That's why we're seeing wars and rumours of wars. That's why we're seeing more earthquakes. That's why lots of things are happening around us, and that should bring us on our guard and make us realise that it's all the more important to walk closely with God and to be led by his Spirit and to stand up for God, and to be ready and prepared for when he comes back. So I hope you're ready. I hope that you really want to give your all for Jesus, because that's what he's seeking from us, and if we do that, then we will experience his blessing, but also be used by him to bring others to Jesus, and that's the most important thing that we can do, isn't it? So in... uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, it says there, and this was after Jesus had 
spoken to a fig tree and commanded it to wither. I'm not suggesting that that's something that we might be wanting to do, but Jesus did that because it was unfruitful, and it was to tell them a, teach them a lesson, really, about it. And when they came by the following day, they saw that what Jesus had said had happened, that the fig tree had actually withered. And then Jesus said to them, have faith in God. There's no one else that's worth having faith in, is there, in a way, but have faith in God. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. All of us have mountains that come in front of us in our lives, don't we? You know, some of us have bigger mountains than others perhaps, but we all have mountains and challenging situations that we come up against. How do we respond when a mountain comes our way? Do we have faith in God? Or do we panic? Or do we run the other way? What do we do? I always find it's helpful to look at mountains from God's perspective. You know, when we're, say, at the bottom of Ben Nevis or something and looking up, Mountains look absolutely massive, don't they? And you think, oh, absolutely impossible. There's no way I'm ever going to be able to get over that mountain. And that's understandable, isn't it? You think, you know, mountains seem to be enormous, don't they? But how does God see mountains? Where are we in relation to our walk with God? Are we seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus? Or are we down there looking up? If we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, we're actually looking down on the mountains rather than up to the mountains, aren't we? And you know, when you're looking down on a mountain, it doesn't seem to be anything like as challenging, does it, as if you're looking up from the bottom. And I like to sort of think of it a bit like being in an aeroplane flying over the Alps. You know, you see the little mountains down there, well, no problem at all, are they, relatively, you know? Uh, And we need to have faith like that when mountains come in front of us, not to look at them and think, oh, there's just no way, that's impossible. But to look down and say, because I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, looking down on those mountains, nothing is impossible with God, and we're going to overcome in Jesus' name. You know, God and one of us is a majority. And, you know, we can overcome the impossible with Jesus because he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. So have faith in God. Believe in him. Read about the things that God has done. Read about how almighty he is and what he is able to do and have faith in him because the more we meditate upon God's word and what God is capable of doing, the more faith we will have to believe that he can do it for us. And there is nothing impossible with God. And that's amazing, isn't it? And wonderful to know that he is the almighty God. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, Hebrews chapter 1. And in uh, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 11 verse 1, sorry, in Hebrews 11 verse 6 it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. God is expecting us to walk or live by faith and not by sight. He's expecting us to put all of our trust in him and to see him as the God that he is. Trust in him with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. 
in Hebrews 11, there's that great big list, isn't there, of people who had faith in God. And of course, they were Old Testament people who were before Jesus came. Uh, and yet they had faith in God and they trusted God uh, in incredible situations and challenging situations. When we have challenging situations in our lives, do we put our trust in God? Do we have faith in him or do we ignore him? We have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within us. We have God himself inside of us. And he wants to make himself known to us and he wants to make himself real to us too. And God is on the throne and God is still doing amazing things today. He's doing amazing things in the Ukraine at the moment. You know, God's doing supernatural things there. Uh, and you know, his people are being touched in incredible ways, and you know, it's amazing what God can do. We mustn't limit God. What is our expectation of what God can do? What is your expectation of what God can do for you? Never limit God. Don't bring him down to our level. Raise him up to his level, or the level that he's at. The almighty God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who created us, the one who has redeemed us, the one who's made it possible for us to have a living relationship with him. We need to have faith in him and put all of our trust in him. We need to walk by faith and not by sight. And it may be that in your life you've got needs, you've got problems uh, that are causing you difficulties. Who do we look to? Who do we trust in those situations? Of course, we go to the doctors and, you know, uh, to nurses and surgeons and people to help us with our health. And we go to, you know, the bank manager or whatever if we've got financial problems and needs, don't we? But, you know, we must include and involve God as well because, you know, he can make a difference. And I have experienced myself over the years how God has made a massive difference in my life, my family's life, uh, and in so many ways. He is an amazing God, and he is capable of guiding us through the impossible and bringing us through victoriously on the other side. He's wanting us to put all of our faith and trust in him, not to lean on our own understanding. Will we put our faith and trust in him? What are the mountains in your life that may be challenging you at the moment? Don't see them as being impossible but see them as opportunities to bring glory to God. See them as opportunities for God to be able to move and do incredible things in your life and in your families and in your situations. God is an incredible God. We need to give him the praise and the glory. Um, we need to humble ourselves and seek him and put all of our trust and faith in him because he is an incredible God. We need his wisdom we need to see things God's way. God is the God of the impossible. He is an incredible God. And we are so privileged to be able to know him, aren't we, in a personal way, and to be able to put our faith and trust in him. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Be not wise, it says in your own eyes, doesn't it, as it continued through that particular passage. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. 
This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your crops. When your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Words of wisdom, words from God that are there to encourage us and to give us guidance and direction. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. One of the reasons I believe that our nation at the moment is far from God in many ways is because of the lack of discipline that we see. You know, discipline is there. God disciplines us because he loves us. And, you know, we discipline our children and our families because we love them, don't we? We don't do it to punish them. We do it because we love them. You know, if we seek God's will and we look at his way of doing things and we obey his will and his way, then we will see blessing. We will see change. And I believe we're going to see change. I believe we're already seeing changes happening in our nation at the moment spiritually. I just sense that there is an upping of the anointing of the presence of the Holy Spirit, that God is moving in a different way and, and in a new way, and he is wanting us to flow with him under that anointing. I've certainly seen God do more amazing things in the last year or two than I have for some time, and just sense that you know, we need to be aware of that, and we need to be really moving in the things of God and to allow him to really uh, touch us and to change us, to shape us and mould us into the people he wants us to be. So let's be people of faith. Let's be people of God. Let's be people who put our trust in him and let's move forward victoriously with Jesus. And let's see Tipping Camden, one for Jesus. Let's see where we live, one for Jesus. Let's see our nation, one for Jesus. Let's really be bold for Jesus in these days. Let's not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. You know, it's so important that we realise the seriousness of the task that we've got. We really do need to trust the Lord with all our hearts. We need to really get away from the things that hold us back. You know, Hebrews chapter 12. Take off the things that hinder us, that hold us back. And let's look unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and let's start running that race with even greater vigour than we've done before. So important that we're hungry for the things of God and that we really desire to move forward with him. I do want to give this evening God an opportunity to touch people, to challenge people, and to take us on in things of God. And maybe just before we pray for anybody individually, we could just quietly come before God, and let's really seek him. Lord, we realise that we need to trust you more. Lord, we realise that we need to trust you with all of our hearts, and that it's so important that we don't lean on our own understanding. We must acknowledge you and proclaim you as Lord, in everything that we do. And we know that if we do that, you will direct our paths. And Lord, we want to walk the path that you have set for us. We want to move forward with you and to experience the things that you want us to experience. But that others too will be able to experience and know Jesus personally and come to know him and make him savour of their lives and, and experience what you have shared with us that life-changing power that you bring into our lives. 
and just pray this evening, Lord, just increase our hunger for you. Lord, just give us a greater desire to serve you, a greater desire to give our all to you. And that as we cry out to you and seek your face this evening, Lord, that you will just reach out to us and touch us. We pray that you would touch each one of us afresh with your Holy Spirit tonight. Fill us afresh, Lord. Set us on fire and you tonight, Lord. When you uh, baptize people with the Holy Spirit, it talks about baptizing with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And we pray that you will put a fire into our hearts, a fire, a desire to serve you, a desire to really walk with you and to declare your lordship to others in our lives, Lord. So just minister to us, Lord, this evening, and just do something new, something fresh in us, and inspire us by your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.